Have you ever had a moment that changed your life forever? Did you? Your life pivots. Your world has suddenly changed. Maybe it, it could have been a job offer or a promotion that you weren't anticipating, but you got, and it made a huge difference. Or when you first recognized that you were in love. It could have been when a doctor said you had cancer and the treatment then takes over your life. Or it, you could have realized that when you first realized that COVID was going to disrupt your life. Um, I don't have it. I haven't had it yet. Trying to avoid it. But uh, it's affected my life just by how everything has changed. It could have been something glorious or something tragic. It could have been uh, something painful or something enjoyable. But your life changes forever. It turns in a moment. And how you respond to that moment will dramatically affect your life and your future. Joseph and Mary each experienced such moments in the months before Jesus was born. And so this morning we want to learn what they did to, that we can take that and help ourselves prepare for the unexpected moments of life. So we're going to look at Mary and Joseph's great adventure. Actually, we're only going to look at a tiny bit of their great adventure, just the, the first nine months of that adventure. And, and we're, we're just, just the beginning of God working in their lives. And so we're going to be in Luke chapter 1 and then later in Matthew chapter 1. Because chronologically, Mary's experience comes first, so we're going to start in Luke chapter 1. And by the way, when I was up here talking about the church and the money that we received, and I said it was a small amount, it, it was the largest single contribution we've ever received to our ministry. But I don't want you to think that we got half a million bucks and we're sitting pretty. Um, it, it's not. It's it's money that will be well used, but once we have divided it up the way we have now, then there's not money left to cover the light bills and all that other stuff. So everybody needs to keep giving to take care of those. But, but I just wanted to share with you uh, that. I didn't want you to get the wrong idea that we got $37.52. Uh, we got enough to do these much-needed projects and pay for them up front, and then we have some extra toward a future building. So uh, rejoice in that. Uh, but it, it might have been a, a normal day in Nazareth. You know, what did, what did Mary do on a normal day? Well, we don't know if she was an older sibling. If she was the older daughter, then what else, what would she have had to do with the younger kids, Savannah? Help watch the younger kids, yeah. You know, I watched our, our daughter Jess was pretty good at feeding uh, little ones by the time Nathan came along, and she was just four and a half years old, and, and she helped feed the other ones. And, and uh, you, you know, you got cares of life. Mary had routine cares of life. In their culture, the women pretty much did all the cooking. How many of you, uh, the, the wife does most of the cooking in your house? It's still 
pretty common in our culture. We've had several couples in our church where the husband said, no way. If I'm not cooking, we go out to eat. I ate her cooking once, you know. Uh, but, but most of the time, the wife does the majority of the cooking. And then in their culture, the, the wife was the homemaker. And I think, your, ladies, your heart should still be at home. Even if you have an outside job, you're working, your heart should be at home. That's God's blessing in the home. And by the way, dads, your heart should be at home too. Uh, that should be a, the highest priority of your life is what you're doing to raise your kids to follow God. And then running your business is second after that. Your personal relationship with the Lord, your family guiding them to the Lord, and then everything else. Uh, but, but she had, uh, in, in their culture, they couldn't grab out some frozen ground beef, nuke it a little bit, taco salad, we're good to go. Uh, they didn't have that available. They, they, you know, if they wanted some meat, they had to go down to the market and buy it. And at the market, they'd whack some off and hand it to you, and then you had to go home and prepare it all. And So Mary just had these routine days. And I'm sure every day was fairly predictable. You know, on Saturday, they would go to Sabbath, and they would worship together in the church, but they had some predictableness to the days. Maybe they ate the same thing every Monday and the same thing every Tuesday. Some families do that, uh, and, and I, you know, it's almost sacred to have like Taco Tuesday, right? I mean, it just seems right, but, but they, they, I know a lot of families who do pizza every Friday. We don't, but I know a lot of families that do it, and we might if I weren't diabetic. But, um, but, but this was a normal day. There was nothing out of the ordinary. Mary didn't walk around town saying, it smells different today. I think the whole town smells like cinnamon. She didn't walk around saying, the lighting is strange today. I wonder what's going to happen. The cloud formations are amazing. It was just a routine, normal day in Nazareth, a garrison town in Israel. And she was engaged, and she was betrothed, which is um, more significant than our engagement. A betrothal is a commitment to the marriage relationship, and then you live separately for a year to show your commitment to the other one, and then you actually uh, get married. And so we don't know exactly what she was doing that day. It might have been caring for siblings, knitting, sewing, cooking, going to market, uh, all of that stuff. And maybe she was reflecting on the goodness and the greatness of our God. We don't know, but we know what interrupted her day. We know that she had one of those moments that would change her life forever. In uh, Luke chapter 1 and verse 26, now in the sixth month, the sixth month means six months from when the, um, from when uh, Elizabeth was expecting John. So in Elizabeth's sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee 
named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now it just says the angel came in. It didn't say he opened a door or jumped through the window or just miraculously appeared. We don't know. But we know that suddenly there's this guy standing there, and he's looking at Mary, and he says... The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. I'm sorry, I'm going to the second one. Verse 28. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. We don't know for certain whether she was afraid or not, but she was troubled at his saying. She was considering what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be? since I do not know a man. She was a virgin. Biologically, how could this happen? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the handmaid, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I want you to think about this process that what she just went through. And the first thing I want you to think about is that life-changing moments come without warning. Without warning, they just pop up on your screen or show up in your life or you're driving down the road and a, a car veers into your lane and you're in a bad accident. Uh, uh, Life-changing moments come without warning. It could be a routine doctor appointment that ends up being not so routine. A routine drive in your car. A routine day. This was a teenage girl. I have no idea what goes on in the routine day of a teenage girl. I never got that one. Mary would forever remember that day, even though it started out so routine. And I want you to pause and I want you to think, in the routine of your day, do you pause and try and figure out what Lord, the Lord is doing in your life? Do you try and see what God might be bringing into your life? I don't mean every day you got to, oh, oh, today's going to be amazing. It might not be amazing. But see the hand of God in your life every day. Uh, tonight we're going to be looking in our 5 o'clock service this afternoon at spectacular and ordinary moments in the Christmas. And, and there's a lot of normal days, 
but some days are amazing. But yet we see God at work even in the normal days. Don't neglect that. Life-changing moments come without warning. Second thing that we see is that life-changing moments often involve fear. We don't know that Mary was afraid. The Scripture doesn't specifically say she was afraid, but the angel specifically said, don't be afraid. So maybe the angel sensed her anxiety, or maybe it was normal. Whenever the angel showed up, people are afraid. Uh, I don't know. But fear often comes with amazing things. Let's say, remember that scenario I said earlier. Maybe you got a sudden job promotion you weren't counting on. And there's fear involved in that. What, what, does the, what is the Peter principle? Yeah. The Peter principle is a person gets promoted to the level of their incapacity. A person's doing great, they get promoted. They're doing great, they get promoted. They're doing great, they get promoted. They tank because they got promoted beyond their capacity. I don't know who was the first guy, Peter, that started that principle, but uh, maybe you just peter out once you get up there at the top and, and, and you're shot. And, and that happens sometimes. And so when you get promotion, there's a little bit of fear. When something great happens, uh, there's a little bit of fear sometimes. And there's a lot of fear when something bad happens. Fear is a normal response to unsettling and life-changing events. If you went to your doctor this week and they said, I don't know how we missed it, you have terminal cancer, you have at most three weeks to live, I don't think anyone would say, oh, praise the Lord, in three weeks I'm in heaven with Jesus. Okay, you might eventually get there, but your first thought is how much you would miss of the life on earth that you'd planned. So it's normal if fear shows up. And, and by the way, if you feel fear sometimes, don't feel like you're not spiritual. Like, if you were godly, you would never experience fear. Remember Paul and, and Luke on the ship? It said they despaired even of life. They, they had a de desperate feeling. They thought they were dying. I love the way the psalmist phrased it in Psalm 56. I think it is. Um, when I am afraid, I will trust in you and God whose word I trust. When I feel fear, I'm going to choose to trust God. It's okay to be afraid, but don't let the fear dominate your life. So if you get a big promotion you weren't counting on or something like that, you just take, God, I feel a little bit afraid about this. I need you to help me grow into this. And then you step out and do the best job that you can. But life-changing moments often involve fear. A third thing, oh, here, there's something I wanted to share about fear. Uh, let your fear bring you near. Fear will either push you away from the Lord or fear will draw you close to the Lord. In your fear, you'll turn to Him or you'll turn away from Him. So let your fear draw you near. Just Keep that in your head. When you feel afraid, go to the Lord. All right, here's the third thing. Life-changing moments 
require us to change our plans, our dreams, and our priorities. You know, you can be in the middle of wrapping Christmas presents and be stressed by the agenda that you have coming for the next couple of weeks. And then you get a call from somebody, a close friend, something. there's been an accident, your kid or your grandkids in the hospital. All of a sudden, your agenda's out the window. You're totally focused on what's the next thing to do. Mary's going through her routine, right? We don't know whether she was afraid, but we do know this dramatically altered her priorities. Mary was betrothed. In the betrothal period, in their culture, in that betrothal, Joseph would stay with his parents and Mary would stay with her parents, but they would see each other regularly. In fact, it was tradition, not required, but it was traditionally that they would try and see each other every day. And so Mary's probably planning to see Joseph today, or if she's already seen him today, she's planning to see him tomorrow. This is the time period where they get to know each other better, and they talk about their hopes and dreams and their desires and their futures, and and they're making all these plans before they're officially, finally, completely married. But what does Mary do? After the angel talks to her, what does Mary do? Look at verse 39 and tell me, what does Mary do? She left. She's in Nazareth. Joseph's in Nazareth. They're planning a wedding. They're betrothed. They're together. And all of a sudden, she has this moment with the angel. And then look at how it describes it. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to the city, to a city of Judah. So she's up in Nazareth. And she's going to travel 70, 75 miles to get down to a city in Judah. And she does it with haste. It dramatically changed her plans. And Mary arose and went quickly. And I picture her sometimes running, maybe skipping, uh, uh, maybe sometimes slowing and pacing in deep thought. Uh, But she went 70 or 80 mile journey uh, in a a day when there's not easy transportation. The fastest transportation available to her, if she could have afforded it, would have been a mule. I'm not certain they had money to, to do that because the offering that Mary and Joseph gave when Jesus was born was the offering that poor people gave when they had a son born two turtle doves. And so probably she didn't have money for that, so she probably walked. Now, to get an idea of that, if you leave here and you start walking that direction, you would get to Tucson before Mary would have got to that city in Judea. That's a long walk. And she took off unplanned, with haste. When God interrupts your life or allows circumstances that interrupt your life, you need to make some serious adjustments. 
and the sooner you make them, the better. You see, in heaven, you will never regret walking by faith. Never. So here's the fourth thing. The life-changing moments call us to walk by faith and to trust. They call us to faith and trust. Life-changing moments do. So in verse 38, Mary submits, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be of me to me according to your word. Mary submits. At this point, what does Mary know? At this point, Mary knows she's going to have a baby. Mary doesn't know how her family's going to respond to this, but she has a pretty good idea how the community will respond to it. Even in our culture, uh, there's some stigma to having a baby when you're not married. Um, you know, the old kid song, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes the baby and the baby carriage. Well, we, we still have that expectation, and biblically, we certainly should have that expectation. But they in their culture... Mary didn't know. She had a general idea what people would say. She didn't know how her family would feel about it. Who else did she not know how they would respond? Joseph. In fact, there's no evidence she even talked to Joseph about it. She packed a small bag and hit the road and took off to go see Elizabeth. I kind of picture Joseph coming around. Is Mary here, planning to have a little walk with his darling? No, no, she left to go see Elizabeth. Oh, was this sudden? Yeah. Well, when's she coming back? We don't know. <laughs> see, life-changing moments cause us and call us to live by faith and trust. Mary heard the word. She responded to the word of the angel. And in spite of the uncertainties and in spite of the difficulties, she said, be it to me according to your word. I will do what God has called me to do, even if it hurts my relationship with every person on the planet. I will obey God. If you've been around here for very long, you've heard me say for at least 22 years uh, that if there's seven and a half billion people on the planet who are all mad at you on the same day, but God looks down from heaven and smiles, it's a good day. It doesn't feel like a good day, but it's a good day. We live for the approval of God. If we get the approval of other people, that's just bonus. That's just gravy on the mashed potatoes of life, right? Uh, we, we just are blessed if we get that. All right, now we're going to turn over and look at Joseph, and we're going to see how these same things fit in Joseph's life. Matthew chapter 1. Like Mary, Joseph had the character and commitment that God desired to bless and use. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 18. <laughs> By the way, uh, in, in the King James, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. Uh, 
Kathy's sister lived in Washington, D.C., and the pastor's daughter, tiny little toddler, uh, or was she about three maybe? Four. And she got up, and she's in the Christmas pageant, and she has a speaking part, and she's going to read the Scripture, and she gets up, and she says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was unwise. (laughs) Of course, it had to be the pastor's kid, right? I mean, couldn't get any better than that. So the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, or was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, they've already made that commitment. Do not believe those people who tell you Joseph was an old guy who had other kids and he found out Mary was expecting, and so he took her in. They were already betrothed before any of this happened. So uh, before they came together, during that one-year betrothal period, she was found to be with child. Now, It says of the Holy Spirit, but Joseph didn't know that yet. Mary knew, but Joseph didn't know it yet. Elizabeth knew, but Joseph didn't know it yet. So look at verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly or privately. In their culture, uh, people tried really hard to look good. So generally, they all live like politicians do today. They want to make themselves look good at the expense of other people. So normally, Joseph would have exposed Mary and uh, publicly shamed her and rejected her, and that would show people that he was righteous. It didn't show people that, but they thought it would. But Joseph didn't want to do that. So he's a just man, not wanting to make her a public example. He was minded to put her away privately or secretly to just let her go somewhere and hide. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So he still went to sleep, not knowing yet what he was going to do. But when he woke up, he knew exactly what to do. While he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, or a descendant of King David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now Joseph gets to figure it out. And then he says, and she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin will be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus the one who saves. So Joseph was dealing with a difficult issue. Mary was pregnant. Joseph would naturally assume she had not been faithful. And he didn't know what to do. He wanted to help her, but he wanted to step away from her. Have you ever been in a situation where you're not sure how to handle this? 
Because if you do one thing, it'll upset somebody. But if you do the other thing, it'll upset somebody else. He just didn't know what to do. And culturally, people would have expected him to expose Mary and then denounce her and then scorn her. But there's every evidence here that he loved Mary. It wasn't just an arrangement by his parents. There was an emotional commitment that he had to this relationship. And so he was considering whether to just cancel their betrothal and let her slip away privately to have the baby somewhere else. Um, And then the angel spoke to him, and Joseph understood clearly and responded immediately. Let's look at these four things again. Number one, life-changing moments come without warning. Now, uh, this <laughs> I love this picture. That was Tim when he first saw Missy. Now, how old were you when you first saw Missy, Tim? Like three? <laughs> he and Missy knew each other a long time. But uh, life-changing moments come without warning. Whoa! You didn't see this coming. And Joseph went to sleep trying to figure out what to do. And he had a surprise divine appointment in the night. Let's pause here just a moment. You are likely never going to have God speak to you in a dream. Because you have something Joseph didn't have. You have God's Word. The completed revelation. The whole Bible. So when God speaks to you, as a general rule, it's going to be from this book right here. And the more you learn this book, the more the Holy Spirit can guide you to follow the right path. And so this life-changing moment, it shows up. It came without warning. First of all, Joseph's already blown away to find out Mary's expecting. In the Bible, Mary took off and went to Elizabeth. It says, and look, that after three months, Elizabeth gave birth to John, and then Mary goes back. So the evidence here, it seems like Mary has already gone through her first trimester, the first three months of expecting a baby, before she comes back to tell Joseph. And I don't know whether they've actually had a one-on-one conversation or whether Joseph has just seen the evidence of this. But now, he's trying to figure out what to do. So, his life has already been turned upside down. And now the angel of the Lord comes back and turns it right side up. It's the Holy Spirit. This is, I almost hate to use this phrase because people use it flippantly, but it truly is a God thing going on there. It was God at work. It wasn't just God at work on Mary. It was God inside Mary. Amazing, miraculous incarnation. God in the flesh. And so now Joseph is like, Mary's been faithful. This is of God. And (laughs) look what it says. And so Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Instead of thinking how he's going to separate from her, he married her that day. There, It was all done deal. He got up and married her right away. Life-changing moments come without warning. There's no way to prepare for some of the life-changing moments you'll face in your life. Secondly, life-changing moments often involve fear. Now, perhaps because it was a dream, Joseph didn't give any evidence of fear. 
Perhaps because like Mary, he was spiritually minded and truly seeking after the Lord. And so he resonated with the angel. I don't know. But you will likely experience fear even if Joseph or Mary did not. You will. You're going to have circumstances that will shake you to your core. And in your core, you have to know the Lord and walk with the Lord or you will be shaken by those circumstances. So what was it I said when we were looking at this from Mary's perspective? Let your fear draw you near. Let your fear move you closer to the Lord. And uh, move toward the Lord. Don't back away from Him. If you're facing circumstances that overwhelm you, you got to remember something. Nothing overwhelms God. So... When you are shaken, when you are broken, when you are uh, really struggling, then you move toward the Lord because He's got it all figured out. He knows what's best and He will guide you in that process. Let your fear bring you near. Number three, life-changing moments require us to change our plans, our dreams, our priorities. Joseph was looking forward to marrying Mary. Now, the betrothal period would last a year. How long had they already been betrothed? We don't know. But the idea presented here is that they've been betrothed for a while. There's been a commitment here. So let's just make it six months or so. I would guess that they would have been betrothed for a length of time. And it was normally a year. And now Mary's marrying and suddenly they get married right away. Most of the people in their culture would think, oh, they had to get married because they cheated with each other on their betrothal period. They didn't honor God. But in, in the plan, they would probably have had another month or two or three or nine, maybe. I don't know. The Bible doesn't specifically spell it out for us. But they would have had this time period where they would stay betrothed. And then at the end of their betrothal, they would get married. And, and so that's, Joseph is planning, that's done. He's anticipating the betrothal's over. And so now, do I publicly shame her? Do I privately let her slip away? Uh, and now, suddenly, he goes to, I'm I'm going to try and get out of this as gently as I can for her sake to I'm going to marry her right now. I love it. He got up and he went and did it. He walks to her house. He knocks on the door and says, I am here to take Mary home. She is my wife. And she went with him. And they went home. And they made a family together. After Jesus was born... They had several kids, at least six. The Bible mentions four boys by name and mentions sisters in the plural. So there were at least two girls and at least four boys that they had. And ironically, Joseph apparently was the one who died young. You'd think after all those kids, Mary might have been. But, but Joseph went to sleep considering the best way to get out of his betrothal, and he woke up going to consummate the betrothal, well, not consummate, they waited for that until after Jesus was born, but to do the final commitment of the marriage right away. 
He got married. They became a family, and he brought her home into his house. And so he went from, how do I get myself out of this, to, I need to get her home now. I'm sure Mary was quite relieved, don't you think? Because she didn't know how he'd respond, and now she's anticipating its ending, and then he takes her home. It's such a blessing when God brings someone alongside you that you're not in this alone. You've got a friend, you've got a spouse, you've got a church family, you've got somebody who walks with you. And that's one of the huge blessings of being part of a church family is you have people who know you and love you and help you. And when difficult circumstances come in your life, they step up and help. Years ago, uh, I remember that I was in the hospital because I had a blood clot, and Kathy was at the hospital because she was having some heart issues, and we both got beyond that. That was a long time ago. That was 2002. And, uh, man, Jim Reeves came over and drove the kids to school and until uh, Jessica could come back. Jessica was in college, and she came back home to, to help out for a little bit. Uh, but there was somebody there. Uh, we, we had people who could help and, and minister and care. And uh, God does that in a church family. We share our joys and our blessings and our sorrows. And uh, life-changing moments cause us to change our plans, change our goals. In fact, when I had my blood clot, I was training for a triathlon. So, and I was really in really good shape. I was I was planning to have my best ever triathlon, and I've never done one since. Um, it just took it all out of me. And I, I was going to do it. I was going to do a great job. I was, I, I was hoping to place in my age division, and, and I was in tremendous physical shape. I was running and riding and swimming all the time, and then I had a blood clot. And so, I'm in the hospital with a blood clot, and instead of, hey, it's time to go run, it's time to work out, it's time to fuel your body, it's, it's like, lay still and don't move, and really try hard not to sneeze, because that can jar the blood clot loose. And so I'm laying in bed, not moving, well, medicated, I can't not move. So they had to medicate me to make me not move. And that's all I did for more than a week. Just lay there. And life-changing moments change us forever. Now, thankfully, I got beyond the blood clot. It did change my diet forever. Uh, I had to stop eating some things and start eating other things. And, you know, they have all these weird things they call healthy. You know what healthy food means? It doesn't taste very good. If it doesn't taste very good, chances are it's pretty healthy. Um, but but we, we change and, and adapt. And Joseph's, he, he woke up. I love it. You know, Mary talks to the angel and she takes off to go see Elizabeth. And Joseph talks to the angel and he takes off to go marry Mary. There's no hesitation. By the way, I love to say he married Mary. I, I, you'll hear me say that about 50 times in the month of December. Joseph married Mary. Uh, and and they, they just, he ran to do it. There was an urgency. I can picture him coming up to the house, you know. And on the, the previous time when he went to see Mary, is Mary home? And now it's more like, hey! <laughs> Sorry, I get loud. 
I just saw people checking their pacemakers. I'm sorry. Um, All right, number four, life-changing moments call us to faith and trust. Joseph knew what his culture would think. Joseph had a business. Joseph's business was carpentry and building. Joseph could see some of his customers canceling their contracts with him because he was going to take Mary to be his wife under these circumstances. And he did not hesitate. See, here's a rule for life. You do the right thing and then you trust God with the consequences. You do what's right, and then you trust God with everything else. And so Mary did that, and Joseph did that. He clearly understood God's will because the angel shared it with them, just as you can clearly understand God's will when you read the Scripture. And he understood the social stigma of getting married uh, at the ending the betrothal early and getting married and Mary expecting a baby. He understood that, but he obeyed immediately and completely because it was the right thing to do. And so he did not hesitate. So, I wonder what life-changing moments God has planned for your life. He's got a plan for your life. I wonder what life-changing moments he's already planned that you will face. And I also wonder how you will respond to the life-changing moments God brings your way. Father, we thank you for Joseph and Mary. We thank you for their great illustration, their great example, their faith, their confidence. We thank you that they knew you. And that they drew closer to you through these troubles, through these trials. And and thank you for the amazing joy you brought to them. That they got to be part of your eternal plan forever. Someday in heaven, we're going to meet Mary and Joseph. And and I picture when when Mary died and, and she had had Jesus inside her. She had given birth to him. She had cared for him as an infant. She had watched him as a young man. She had watched him die on the cross. She had seen him rise again. She had worshipped him together with other people. But in heaven, she saw Jesus in his glory. And Lord, I thank you that we will see him in his glory. And I thank you that Mary was probably blown away that you had used her in this way, in this situation. Lord, I pray that you will, um, that we will make decisions that will honor and glorify you. I pray that we will rejoice in you, that we will walk with you, and thank you that we can trust you even when life throws us a big curve. As somebody said, you can handle the curves of life as long as you make the turn. I pray that we would always turn closer to you through the circumstances of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.